You are listening to How Does She Do It, Episode 4. Welcome to the ride. Thanks for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It, a podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. Before we get into this week's topic and just my thoughts, I want to remind you that if you would like to send an email with topic suggestions, feedback, or questions that you want answered on the show, email Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. You can also tweet me um, or I guess... Yeah, send me a tweet. I don't even know how to say it properly. Um, but at how does underscore she do it? Uh, again, that's how does underscore she do it on Twitter. I'll be starting an Instagram page soon. And um, yeah, I just want to hear from you. I would like to hear your feedback on the show. If you haven't um, already, please feel free to leave me a five-star rating in iTunes and a review. I'm also on Stitcher and SoundCloud, so please leave comments there and reviews as well. I am really, again, really excited and appreciate the feedback that I've received so far. And I will, um, at the end of this episode, I'll read a few of the comments that I've gotten so far. This week's Just My Thoughts go out to Raven Simone, who apparently is brand new. She is currently co-hosting The View. uh, And if you don't know who Raven Simone is, she got her start as Olivia on The Cosby Show and went on to do a bunch of stuff for the Disney Channel. So she, Whoopi was introducing a video or showed a video of these guys somewhere on the Internet making fun of ridiculous sounding black names basically because I don't, I don't I mean we can dance around the fact that these were names they were making fun of black names or the fact that black names can sometimes be um, a bit creative if you will so Raven decides to stand up out of her seat and exclaim that she would not hire someone with a black name and she used the the name Watermelon Drea. I'm not sure if that name came from somewhere that people have actually seen it or if it was on the rest of the video, if they only showed us a clip. Either way, Raven, sit down back in your seat with your mohawk and your, like, and your name that's not like, you know, it's not a, it's it just, it's just, I just don't get it. Like, I just don't get it. I don't understand why she felt the need to make that stand. Um and then Joy Joy came back and was talking about how um, white people like to name their children after fruits. And she said that they should stop doing the same thing. And it was it's different, but I appreciated it in the sense that people every, people of all races and nationalities name their children ridiculous things or things that are just not that are not common or that are that are not, um, I guess, fitting with the the American stereotype. But at this point, there really is no regular American name. And to say that you wouldn't hire someone with a with a black sounding name is ridiculous. As someone who reads resumes every day that I just can't even imagine what that's like. And yes, there are names that I read and that I take pause and I have to say, whoa, that's, that's a little interesting. For example, there was a name that came across my desk on Friday, I think it was, Friday or Monday. And it was a very unfortunate name that had very 
clear sexual um, connotations. And it was someone's birth name. And you know what? I would not like treat I wouldn't I'm, I didn't read that application any differently because of that name. I don't read applications differently because of names. And for someone in on her platform who has allegedly been discriminated against because of her skin color and her name, I'm just disappointed, not necessarily surprised, but disappointed. So, Raven, just think before you speak next time. And those are just my thoughts. As I was thinking about the topic for this week's episode, I was originally going to talk about, which I pop, which I will in a future episode, my um, daily struggle with eating and wanting to be healthy and uh, at the same time loving cupcakes and cheese and things that I shouldn't be eating in, I think, probably with the frequency that I eat them. But I will save that for another day. Uh, but I have had probably starting like Saturday, I've had at least four conversations with people about moving in a different direction from where they currently are. And so I wanted to talk, I want to talk a bit about my specific transition between my three, between from graduating from law school to where I am right now. And when, and I just want to start by saying this is not about um, law school is not about the law. It's not about being a litigator. It's not about corporate versus creative. It's not about any particular path that anyone is on. But it's just, uh, it's just my journey, and I think that there are things that um, I have gained from making the transition and things that I've realized that are applicable to other areas of my life as well, not just for my career. So. Like many people, a lot of times people often ask the questions, you know, well, when did you know that you wanted to do what you wanted to do? And you, there are people who have wanted to be doctors since they were five. I one have wanted to be a lawyer since I was like 11 or 12. I remember that very distinctly. I also remember saying that I wanted to be a Supreme Court justice, which is obviously no longer a possibility. But I remember being so convicted and not really knowing, especially at that young age, why I wanted to do that. And even without the kind of firm why, I still drove my life in the direction towards that dream. So I even went, you know, when I was um, in, I think I was still in either junior high school or high school, there was a woman at my church who was a local judge. She let me sit on the bench with her one night when she was doing uh, traffic court, which was, you know, really awesome. And so I could just continue down that path. I went through high school and through college with the idea of, with rather the only idea of me being an attorney. I never really considered any other career option. And so that was the path that I that I decided for myself. When I was in my junior year, I realized that my grades were shady. So I was, you know, in when you are looking at when you're in college and you're trying to apply to a graduate program, you tend to apply for the graduate program um, the fall the fall of your senior year because you'll be graduating in May. So sometime between, you know, October and May, you'll find out whether or not you were admitted to these uh, these schools or these different graduate programs. So probably in and it actually may not have even been 
my junior year. It might have been in the beginning of my senior year that I came to that I made this, you know, I I decided that it was going to be I needed to find a different direction. So I was I was a human development major in at when I was at Cornell, which is basically like social psychology, understanding the intersections of different parts of our society and how they impact human development and psychology. So I had a class with a professor. His name is Harry Siegel. He was an excellent professor. I was taking a community psychology class with him. And I asked him, you know, I told him, I was like, you know, I don't know what I want to do. And he, I had been considering educational um education, like counseling, counseling psychology programs and high, and thinking about maybe going into something related to working with high school students and guidance counseling or something like that. And he asked me if I had ever considered social work. And I said, no, but in my mind, and I hope I didn't say this out loud, I can't say that I didn't because I don't remember the conversation exactly. But I In my mind, when I heard social worker, I thought the people who come to people's houses and take away children from families. That was my experience with what a social worker was. And as, you know, naive and small as it, you know, it was, that was that had been, you know, my experience or my knowledge to that point. So he explained to me, he's like, no, I really think that you should consider social work. I think you'll you you know, you might find that you will identify with those pro- with the program. So I did some research and actually really, really liked it and really enjoyed what I was reading about the programs, about the, the impact that I could have, about the things that I would learn. So I started in that direction. Uh, two of my friends had gone to a graduate uh, graduate fair that we had on campus. I think I may have, I must have had class or to work or something, but there was a reason why I couldn't go. And they ended up meeting um, a woman who was at um, Penn. And she was the admissions officer at Penn. She, they put me in touch with her, and I ended up, you know, I applied to Penn and several other schools and was admitted and went to this graduate program. Mind you, in my mind, I was going because I wanted to—it was kind of the go-between between me and law school, between me um, graduating college and then eventually getting to law school. So that was kind of my goal. I wasn't— exactly convinced that I was still going to go to law school because I was afraid of applying. I had, again, at this point, it was still something that I I very much wanted to do, but I was terrified of being rejected. I was terrified of the LSAT score. I had the weight of not being a very good standardized test taker weighing on my shoulders. And, um, and so, you know, I almost talked myself out of going. My friends were, you know, reminded me, this is what you said you wanted. This is what you said you wanted to do. So go get it together and do it. And I did. And while I was in school, I, you know, I applied, I took my LSATs, I wrote my, you know, all my essays and all that kind of stuff. Fast forward through to law school. And when I was in law school, I, especially in my third year, I had done, you know, done most of my coursework. I had had two internships at a, at a law firm. And in my third year, in law school, I started to develop a relationship with the administrators in the building and started to realize that higher education wasn't just there weren't these people who worked in the schools that I had been attending weren't just there for me. Like these were their careers. These were their, their jobs. And their, you know, part of their work was was in student services. 
So I started to look at the whole institution of higher education a little bit differently in my third year. Uh, But at this point, I was already committed to going to work at a law firm after law school. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to see I might end up really loving it. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen. I graduate law school, I start working at the law firm, and I did not love it. I really enjoyed the people that I worked with. I enjoyed the institution, the organization itself, but I did not like corporate representing corporations in large cases. I did not enjoy it. It didn't sit well with me. And so what I had to do was I realized that it wasn't, and I was, and I, when I say I didn't like it, I'm not just saying, oh, you know, I was just, I was just, I just don't feel like doing this right now. It was really every day. It was like, it was a struggle for me every day. And every day I asked myself, why don't you want to do this? Are you just, is it that, are you lazy? Are you afraid of working hard? Do you, um, like what about it? And I, and I constantly, constantly asked myself. So with that, with that point, I want to highlight that it starts when you're thinking about changing a direction or or figuring out what you want for yourself it starts with a voice it starts with a nagging in your in your mind in your spirit that you can't get away from and that was those questions every single day that was the beginning of that process for me and I woke up with the, I used to feel I would feel so stressed and like I said it wasn't it, it's the practice of law is amazing for and in in the in the environment that I was working in the type of work that I was doing it is great for people who it's great for it just wasn't great for me but I was fighting against that because I had in my mind for so many years what success looked like working graduating from law school passing the bar exam and working at a corporate law firm that was the definition of success for me and when i started to have this kind of wrestling in my mind about what i wanted to do i was i was lost i was really really confused and i was questioning my own i was questioning my own direction i was questioning my own vision i was questioning my own voice because I I had spent so to- so much time creating this one this one kind of framework that now that I was I was the one shaking that framework I was like so wait what is what's wrong with me what something about what I'm asking for something about this question must be wrong and so I fought it for months. I fought it for months. I fought it for months. I ignored it. I decided that it was something that I was just being lazy, that I just really didn't want to work hard. And eventually I realized that I, 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 that could not have been the case because it wasn't that I didn't work hard. I went to, I went, I did a lot. I've, I spent a lot of time in school. I worked very, very hard to get to where I was. So it wasn't that I wasn't a hard worker. It wasn't that I didn't like the, um, you know, doing challenging things because I did I enjoyed I enjoyed the intellectual challenge of the work that I was doing I enjoyed being in school as you know as corny as it sounds I enjoyed being in school for as long as I did um, or as long as I was because I really liked learning so that wasn't the issue Um, the issue was that there was just a dissonance between what I was doing and what I actually wanted to do and For the first time in a long time, I decided that I was going to do what I wanted to do. And, 
yes, of course, I, I wanted to be in school. No one forced me to be in school. But thinking about the decisions that I made in my personal life, the emotional uh, turmoil that I was dealing with when it uh, in my relationships uh, with my family and other things, I was like, you know what? I can... I can make a decision about my work. I can make a decision about what I want to do for myself. And so I spent the next several months doing that research, doing that work, thinking about what it is that I wanted to do. What did I enjoy? What did I, one of the things that I enjoyed was talking and counseling people. And what I missed in working at the law firm was the element of dealing directly with someone and their problem, not a a bigger picture kind of systematic or larger legal issue of a corporation, but the one-to-one. What is this person coming into my office for? That is what I really enjoy doing. I enjoy building relationships. I enjoy dissecting problems for sure, understanding challenges, trying to come up with solutions. But I enjoyed hearing people's story and trying to get people from one from one point to another in their journey across different contexts. So I had a conversation with someone at my uh, my law school and, you know, she strongly encouraged me to take time before I made the decision to ask myself if it was the nature of the work that I was dealing with, if it was just that we were in a really particularly busy time and it was just the cases that I was working on, or if it was the actual practice and if it was the actual type, like where I was. And so I did that. And so I took some, I took a few months to really make, to to think about that and to ask myself those questions. At the same time, starting to look at job descriptions for everywhere, really at, at law schools in, you know, at, at universities, in corporations, like what, what, what did I, what excited me? And so, um, I started, like I said, I did that work and eventually I decided I was going to go back into higher education. I had enjoyed, you know, obviously enjoyed my time in school and, um, decided that that was where I was going to go. So I put my energies into that basket and, um, you know, did the whole updating my resume, definitely um, asked questions, talked to people, did some kind of informational interviews to get an idea about the transition from practice into higher education. Would it be challenging? What things did I need to highlight? And got some really, really good feedback, got some really good advice. So I'll just take a point to note that if you're thinking about making a transition, what you want to do is talk to people who are where you want to be or who have been where you are and have made a transition, even if it's in a different direction. Ask them, you know, what were some of the concerns that they had? What are some of the things that they may have had to work against? What are some of the things that you need to point out specifically that will um, translate? What are some of the, you know, the um, transferable skills that you have between that will, you know, that you can carry over into whatever next um, job or work situation that you want to go into? Because those are going to be the things that you'll need for, you know, for the actual day of the interview and for the ap- the application. So even if it's that, that's something that you're thinking about, it's good to, even if you're in the early stages of, of having these thoughts, it's good to to hear those things from other people so that you can get kind of get an idea of where you might want to take um, take that direction for yourself. So um, I so, you know, I applied, I got into this new um, got into the new role. And what it's 
what that whole the whole the point I guess the point of the story is that what I learned is that success so like I said I started out by saying that my I defined success by initially by the title that I held the schools that I went to and um and the way that other people viewed me once I made my career my transition once I made the decision to leave um the law firm I I redefined success for myself and success became a fu- a function of what I wanted for me of what I wanted to feel about the work that I was doing every day about the impact that I wanted to have on the people that I was working with or the environment that I was working in and it doesn't have to be you know having and there's all this talk now about pursuing your passion and it doesn't have to be all roses and butterflies and helping people and trying to save, you know, kittens and puppies and all that kind of stuff. But what what do you care about? What are you interested in? And, you know, and it's not as it's not not always as easy as just to pick up and say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to I can drop everything and move in the direction that I want to move in. Of course, you have to be strategic and you have to be smart about it and not put yourself in a position where you're going to be, you know, broke and, you know, not having any ways to pay your bills or things like that. But at the same time, you don't have to stay where you're not happy, period. You just don't. Whether it's not because um, if it, if your concern is about what other people will think about you, forget what other people will think about you. Because one of the first things that I heard from people when I left the firm, I did hear some pretty negative things. Um, and someone once told me that I was not going to be doing what I was worth by leaving the practice of law. Um, but I did, other people told me, oh my gosh, how did you have, how did you do it? How did you, like, you're, someone told me that I was courageous and I'd never that wasn't why I did it. But it was it was humbling to hear that because I chose myself. I chose to do something for me. So um, what I learned is that you can't control for all the variables and you can't control for all the outcomes when you make a decision like this. And as someone who had been had followed this kind of lockstep direction, I was always sure of what was going to happen next. Um, I was always sure that there was going to be, uh, you know, a next semester and a next paper and a next assignment. But when you are out and, you're, you know, your career, there are no there are very few lockstep directions. So you um, you have to be OK with not being able to control everything and not necessarily knowing what the next step is going to be. And I'm not going to lie. It freaks me out. It freaks me out knowing that there is not a clear path to where the next thing is going to be for me or the next opportunity. But it's a part, it's a nature of the beast. And that is something that I wrestle with, but it is, it is real. So you, you have to, you can only control, you can't control the outcomes, but you can control how you react to the situations that you're in. And so you can, you can control what you can do in the situations that you're in, even though you may not be able to necessarily dictate the circumstances. Um, The other thing that I, that I think I gained was learning to be honoring my fear and doing what I, doing what I was afraid of anyway. Uh, I, even coming to where I am right now in my current my current role and even doing this podcast, um, making the decision to pursue a coaching certification, um, trying to write a book. These are things that I'm working on um, 
that's well, a book is something that I'm working on kind of um, in addition to my other pursuits. That is it's scary. It's very, very scary. But you when in the face of fear, you either can you either do it or you don't. And you're not going to necessarily stop being afraid. The things that you want in your life that are most important to you will sometimes make you a little afraid. That doesn't mean you don't act anyway. And, um, you know, don't put yourself in any real danger, obviously, but um, move in the direction of your fear that and it's it's like that's it's really just at least in my mind that's what you have to even though you're going to be scared you do it anyway um and i made this i made this point a little earlier but listen to your voice um it's easy to hear the the voices of other people it's easy to hear the noise from the world about what um, it, what you should look like or what you should be doing with yourself. And everyone is now being an entrepreneur and maybe I should be an entrepreneur too. No, if you don't, if you want to work for somebody, that's okay. It's okay to want to work for somebody. It's okay to want to do what you have in your heart to do or what you have in your mind to do. But so, but you have to listen to yourself in order to make that true, in order to make that come true. You don't have to be um, subject to the whims of the world, especially not this crazy world that we're living in now where the the average attention span of a human being has decreased significantly over the last several years. And every 24 hours, there's literally something new and different that people are concerned about and worried about. And so you have to be centered and, and listen to your voice, pay attention to what it is that moves you, that drives you. And don't be afraid to honor that voice. Don't be afraid to, to take steps in that direction, um, even though it might not be popular, even though it might not be the coolest thing to do. Um, you know, I, I, when I left practice, I left a lot of money on the table and it wasn't popular and it's still not really popular with me, but I did it. And my, I have not been happier. And I guess this leads me to my last, I guess the last takeaway from this, um, I guess, reflection or story, if you will, is that your why is very, very important. And I've seen a lot in the in a lot of the articles and things that I'm, I've been reading in the last, you know, cup, several months is, you know, understanding your why. And it's becoming somewhat cliche, but it's still very, very important. If you are motivated strictly by the whims of the world or the external circumstances or the external things that can be gained from doing something, eventually that will that will short out on you and it will and you'll be looking around waiting for the next thing like i said i was driven by goals hitting a goal and moving forward hitting a goal and moving forward and once i hit that goal and it didn't give me there was once i got to that the you know the i guess the the pinnacle which was the working at the firm for me that was it. I was like, okay, so wait, so what's next? And that was because I was placing all of the value on external things. All of the value was placed on just the fact of being there and I wasn't connected to the work that I was doing. And so if you are in any direction, no matter where you are right now in, in your relationship, in your, um, if, it, if you're in a relationship just for, the, just for the sake of being in a relationship, you got to look for something else. If you're working somewhere just for the sake of saying that you're working some some working there, eventually that's going to burn out. Eventually you'll be you'll still be left wanting more and needing more. 
So I encourage you to dig a little deeper, to ask yourself why, to um, think about what is important to you and put those things on paper. Put it on paper and just try to see what you come up with. You don't have to, there's no such thing as a right or wrong answer in these kinds of things. So just get out of your own head a little bit and figure out what your why is for the next step that you're trying to take or the direction that you're trying to go in. In each episode of the podcast so far, I have mentioned the email address Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com and have invited you to send me feedback, questions that you want answered on the show or topic suggestions um, so that I can keep those in mind as I go forward. So I've received a few questions and my first question comes from KD. Um, The question reads, I am originally from a big city. However, I've since moved to a smaller city and have been complacent to a certain degree. I've been employed at my current job for over four years, and I now want to move into a different career field since I'm a recent graduate. What advice could you give me to land a job in my career field? Well, thank, first, thank you for sending in your question, and I will do my best to answer. Um, I think that the first thing uh, that I would do is take a look at the at job descriptions in the field that you're interested in. Uh, one thing that I found in trying to make the transition was I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I couldn't put a name or titles per se on the job I wanted to do, but I had an idea of the general field. Sim- and it sounds like you have a similar idea as well. So I would say go to different the organizations that hire for your position or different departments and read job descriptions and postings that they might have and see See if they are something that you're interested in. That's the first thing I would do. The second thing that I would do is if you find something that you're interested in, I would take a like sit down with the job description and sit down with your current resume and the skills that you have right now and and literally write down responsibilities from the job and response and things that you do in your current role and Connect the dots, basically, because what what I basically what I'm getting at is trying to create a list and an idea in your mind of how transferable the skills that you have right now and the things that you've learned, I guess, in your in your um, in your schooling, how those things translate into the direction that you want to go in. And when you do that, then you can you should also consider tailoring your resume um, in a in a non, I guess, in a subtle and kind of smooth way, but you know, don't try to force a square peg into a round hole in your resume if what you're currently doing is in a really different direction, but try to highlight those things that will make you attractive um, in the new position. And I would also suggest asking networking, meeting people who are doing the work that you want to do or who are working in the field that you're working in, asking them questions, talking, figuring out, you know, what their career trajectory was. Um, I'm glad I didn't mess up that word more than I actually did. And um, and that way, when you put yourself out there and let people know that you're interested in this particular direction, then they can start to keep you in mind as uh, you go forward. And I talked about networking a bit in the last episode, and I have some, and I think I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about that in future episodes with more specific information. But um, I hope that that helps a little bit. And if you have, uh, I'd love to hear more about your, your search and your progress. And if you'd like more advice, again, f- feel free to send me an email. Um, Tiffany at how does she do a podcast.com. I almost forgot. 
but I wanted to read the first review that I got on iTunes from Nevermore4. She says, or he says, I found myself saying mm, so many times during this podcast in agreement with aha moments, definitely inspired and will continue to listen. Thank you so much. And I'll read another one from Lil Brownskin, insightful and relatable, definitely will stay tuned. Kudos. I really appreciate these. I'll read more next week. And that's it. I think that's about it for the fourth episode of How Does She Do It? Thank you again for joining me. If you have any questions that you'd like answered on the show during my new Ask Tiff segment, or if you have any feedback or topic suggestions, please send an email to Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com. The show notes for this episode will be available at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com slash four. And I hope that you enjoy the rest of your week. Be blessed and be a blessing.